Welcome to the Art and Science of Eating. I'm Jessica Begg, Registered Dietitian and Clinical Counselor. I worked for 15 years in programs for the treatment of eating disorders. I now help those that struggle with emotional eating and their relationship with their body. This podcast is where I answer questions to help people along this bumpy journey to creating peace with both food and their body. Hi there, and welcome back. This week's question comes from my private Facebook group, The Comfy Spot. And like I've mentioned before, jump on in and join us if you haven't already. And if you do have a question too, you can email me at support at shiftnutrition.com. I love answering your questions. All right, so let's jump into this week's question. My person writes, one thing we hear about is that processed foods are highly addictive and cause our body to crave them or cause overeating, etc. How can we successfully intuitively eat if this happens? Okay, so food addiction is somewhat of a highly debated topic. Well, certainly it comes up pretty regularly in my sphere, for sure. I don't think that there's really a clear answer. And like our relationship with food, the concept of addiction is a very complex system. Back in 2000, Wilson says, Eating disorders show some similar features to substance abuse and dependence, but this does not justify viewing them as an addiction. Neither tolerance nor withdrawal reactions to food have been demonstrated. Evidence for carbohydrate craving is lacking and other ostensibly ostensibly common features, for example, loss of control, overeating, preoccupation with food, have biobehavioral explanations that do not invoke addiction. He, he continues to write, while not an addiction, eating disorders have been reliably linked to substance abuse and dependence in clinical and community samples. However, the association is not a specific one, and the mechanisms that explain it are unknown. Independent familial transmission of eating and substance use disorders indicates that they do not derive from a single shared etiological mechanism. So that was back in 2000, so, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, Things haven't actually evolved too, too much in that regard, though, from my perspective, and from what I can see here. But first off, let me put in a preface that the work of in addictions is not my area of expertise. So this is framed from my lens of working with people that struggle with food. This is not This is its own area of work, and there's a mass amount of research in the area um, that I just won't be able to, to, like, it's just like a whole other area, and um, I'm not even really scraping the surface of it in terms of this podcast. But let me explain to you um, from my perspective and how it works with my clients What I do want to first explain is while there are addictive substances, only a relatively small percentage of people that do interact with something like alcohol, prescription, non-prescription drugs, tobacco will ever get addicted. It speaks to what researcher Schultz describes as multiple factors have been implicated in increased addiction risk, such as family history of addiction, motivations to engage in the behavior to cope with negative emotions, impulsivity, and genetic alleles associated with reward dysfunction. Interestingly, all of the individual differences have also been implicated in problematic eating behaviors. 
Other components of addictive disorders, such as individual differences in sensitization risks and expectancies about outcomes of use, have arguably received less attention in the context of eating problems. If these factors were similarly implicated in compulsive eating behaviors, this would provide further support than an addiction-like process is involved. So, you know, it's all pretty vague, like in terms of that we there's not a clear process that it might be more about um, eating um, addiction is what sometimes people will describe it as. It's the addiction to the eating behavior, not actually driven by the food as a substance that is addictive. So let's talk about my people. Many clients tell me that they're addicted to food or sugar when they come to see me and want help with that. And they feel totally out of control when they eat. They say that they don't even want to eat these foods or they don't feel hungry but will feel compelled to eat or that they eat beyond the point of fullness even though they know that they should stop or they feel totally out of control. I found that that type of food addiction type feeling in which that that person is describing it to me is about two main contributing factors. One, restriction or per- perceived restriction, or and two, emotional drivers to feel that way. I've also heard from clients that have participated in Overeaters Anonymous, OA, that uses an abstinence model like Alcoholics Anonymous, that they've been told that sugar spikes dopamine, in which actually all sorts of things do spike our dopamine. Things like even hugs give us a dopamine hit. And while some processed foods make the absorption faster than some other foods, food and sugar does... um, increase our dopamine, it might happen a little bit faster for things like sugar or processed foods. So I still though find that this argument is difficult because specifically because sugar, as it's a derivative of the foods that we eat, as in when I eat an apple, it digests into smaller components that I will use in my body, glucose, which is sugar. And so sugar is a major building block for every for the fuel that we use in every cell of our body. So as an example, to say that sugar is addictive makes it sound like gasping for air when when air has been low means that one is addicted to air. So I kind of feel like it's a kind of a difficult argument to say that we'll have an quote unquote addictive response to something that we need. And that's an integral part of just being human. Often the idea of using food addiction as a categorization is suggesting that to remove the problematic foods and then the issue of food addiction will go away um, has not been seen to be the case. And generally the word addiction or addict, addict comes as some sort of a character flaw that often brings shame and helps maintain this negative relationship with food. And that is the reason why I in particular don't like using the word food addiction in my work. And that because that there's often a real reason why people are using food in a certain way. And that food is part of that relationship, but it works so well to help us manage our emotions. So back to the question, um, how do we intuitively eat if food is addictive? the underlying assumption needs to be made back to my whole point is that food is such an integral part of our lives so that there is an inherent understanding within our body that it knows how to manage food just like it knows how to manage water and our 
heat regulation and all sorts of things in that diet culture and shame and shame about our bodies being trying to change our bodies has disrupted that relationship. So as soon as you can release all of those things and really look inward to how you feel like you want to take care of your body using a self-care approach of if you are caring for your body, are there fundamental things that you need to do to feed your body? And for me, that's I encourage my clients to eat regularly, to eat regular meals and to give permission to eat when they do eat and eat enough. Once those things start becoming um, taken care of, a lot of the intuition starts building upon that as, as building blocks. It's not that easy. It is very complicated and difficult to start unpacking those things, but I think that that's the underlying issue there that we need to address. Let me know if you have questions. I this is, you know, just like I said, kind of just scratching the the tip of this iceberg. So I'd love to hear more about what you think or what you've tried. And if certainly if you have a totally different question, please send them the, then them my way. I would love to hear from you. Talk soon. If you'd like to come on the show to have me answer your question live or you have a question you'd like me to answer on my own on the show, email me at support at shiftnutrition.ca. Looking forward to chatting with you all. See you next week. This podcast is for education and information purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team to discuss what is right for you and your care.